This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. So this is new. This is the latest regular addition to our Sooner Sports Podcast. Do do we dare add network onto the end of that? We've got a podcast network now? I don't don't know. I'm just, I'm thinking. This is big time. Kind of spitballing here. Toby Rowland, the voice, joins us for the game plan, which will air every single, I say air. Mm -hmm. This is all new vernacular for me in the podcast world. Basically, we are chatting right now just after the Bob Stoops press conference. Right. Giving our reaction on a weekly basis to the game that was, the press conference that was, and maybe what is to come. But mostly what was, I think. So, so technically. We're sitting in a. We're sitting in a uh, I kind of like to like make this our makeshift podcast studio. I like it a lot. We're in very comfortable, big, red, cushy chairs. Yes. In the room next to the television studio where they store all of the equipment. Yeah. So it's us and about how much how much oh equipment my. you think's in here? I don't know. Maddie J. Quees is still in there working. Yeah. I feel bad. I feel they're all they're all We're unplugging working. things and I guess we are hypothetically yeah. working. But you're right, the, let's see. You got receivers, you got wires. There's a lot of equipment in here. There's it's like the land of forgotten electronics. This would be a great room for hide and seek. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what did we learn from the Bob Stoops press conference that just wrapped up? You know, um, I was talking about with Chad that every year it seems like there's a guy or two that when Bob starts to talk about him, his eyes light up. And I think Will Johnson's that guy this year. Good point. Because uh, he's excited about Will, and should be. He played great last year, and that defense changed when he went into the starting lineup against uh, Kansas State. We didn't even – you know, when they we saw number twelve out there against Kansas State, we had to look him up. He we wasn't even know. on our, you know, spotter boards because he had played so little uh last year and he ended up changing the season or helping change the season defensively. And now going into this year, it seems like he's the guy who is at least in part gonna be asked to fill the Eric Stryker role. Mm-hmm. He was a nickelback last year and he's being called an outside linebacker this year, but I think that's just a title for the sake of putting a title on him because I don't think there really is a name for what they're going to ask him to do. I think there will be downs where he acts like an outside linebacker. I think there will be downs when he acts like a cornerback. Um, he'll just be a troublemaker, basically, on defense. And But when Bob starts talking about him, he gets excited, which uh, and usually he's got a pretty good eye for that. See, there was uh, – who were who some of Bob's favorites of years past? Usually there, the fullbacks. Brody Eldridge was always one. He loved <laughs> he Brody Eldridge. the fullbacks. He, he Trey loved, Millard. Trey Millard, yeah, yeah, that's a great one. And, and no Dimitri Flowers questions today either, which lived up to what you had mentioned on your radio show, and that is he'll be a guy that will never be talked about, and then, boom, he'll make a play, and suddenly everyone will be talking about him. We don't talk about him. We don't, no. We, we, don't, we don't talk about Dimitri Flowers when trying to figure out starting lineups or impact players and – he made several big plays for this team a year ago, and I think will he will again. I mean, if nothing else, as a lead blocker at times for Samaje and for Joe. But he's a very good receiver, and he's he's a great guy when the pocket breaks down and and uh, Baker starts scrambling around like he did against Baylor last year. He tends to be pretty good at finding open spaces, so he's a valuable member of this team. The one thing that you brought up that honestly, I, I guess. 
shows your level of intelligence over mine that I never thought of. <laughs> you brought I it can't up. wait to hear what yeah. this is. It, it was the rotation on the offensive line. And we, we got the, – the depth chart was released today. So everybody's right. losing their minds and overanalyzing things. In fact, you know, I was, I was a little bit surprised by Alex Dalton being on there as a starting right guard. Right. But, but as, you, as you pointed out, and, and as Bob Stoops just said in his press conference, hey, Eric Wren's going to play some center. You know, uh, who is it, the, the right tackle that plays – Bobby Evans is going to play some right tackle. Drew Samia is going to play some right guard. You know, there's going to be a bit of a rotation there. So – I think as as fans, we see the depth chart and we we get either excited or we suddenly have our feelers up and the questions are raised. Right. But I don't want to say it's it's irrelevant because Toby, there's going to be all these linemen that well, see time. I mean, I think the left side of the line is pretty set. I mean, barring somebody being gassed, right? I, Orlando Brown and Cody Ford are the guys. Uh, Orlando is. 340 pounds. Cody Ford is 6'3", 320. That's 660 pounds of man on the left side of the line. And they're going to run behind those two guys a whole lot. But the right side of the line, I don't think they're completely sure what they want to do yet. And so I think that uh, you're going to see Alvarez and Dalton and Samia trot out there first. But I do think you're going to see them slide Samia to guard and give Bobby Evans a shot at tackle I think you're going to see them maybe either slide Alvarez to guard or maybe just uh, substitute Eric Wren in for a possession or two and and just see what he looks like at center but from center over I think you'll see him play with some combinations for the first couple of weeks I don't know maybe the first two or three four games until they settle in on exactly who they like you know last year with Samia he wasn't really a factor until Texas. Was it was it after Texas after or the, the Texas, Texas game. game? Yeah, no, Josiah St. John never stepped on the field after the so, Texas game. Yeah, I mean, listen, four weeks in the fall. I know there's spring ball, but when everybody's together, four weeks in the fall, sometimes it's hard to get exactly who's going to step up and compete, or who fits exactly in the right place at the right time, and injuries become a factor and all that kind of stuff. So I do think you'll see them tinker with the right side of the line a little bit. I just saw this from Joe C.'s presser. The uh, the capacity does jump up a little bit to the stadium this year. We're going to oh. talk to Joe Castiglione this, uh, this afternoon for a podcast later this week. 83,489. Okay. So 82-something before. 82,112. Right? So just a, a, a little – who says you can't get breaking news during a podcast? How if, about that? Even though by the time people hear this, they're going to say – Now, well, that we will that. go down because – Part of what they're doing in the future is widening the aisles. Oh, okay. Which okay. means some of the existing seating, there will be less. But okay. as of right now, that's that's what it is. Huh? Yep, and, and in fact, he pointed out some seats will be lost in the future with the addition of handrails uh, yeah. for every row as well, too. So look at you. All right, b- back to this team. I'll, I'll quit letting Twitter distract me while we're taping our <laughs> podcast. Uh, okay, so Will Johnson is a guy that we know Bob Stoops like. We know there, there's going to be rotation on the offensive line. And the other thing that I learned today is that the secondary is getting there for two full units. What do you say, about one and a half right now? One and a half. And, and that kind of stems from – Coach Kerry Cook's desire, and he's made it public at uh, different post-practice availabilities, that he wants to be able to rotate guys in his secondary more often. And it shows you that as the season progresses, I think you'll start seeing some of these younger guys a little bit more, but maybe not right off the bat. That is always a position where that's a great theory, 
<laughs> but when push comes to shove, right. the idea of not having your best cover guys on the field costs you a touchdown. You know, I mean, you rotate a right guard, maybe it's not as glaring if he makes a mistake as if a corner busts and all of a sudden somebody's going 70 the other way on you. So we'll see. I mean, I, I, I know they like what they've seen from Micaiah Quick and certainly the freshman Parrish Cobb and, and Parnell Motley. And PJ and Banasaur still back there, um, and I think they'll play. I mean, I do think they'll rotate them, especially if they're ahead in the game, maybe a little bit more. I was, I was, uh, he was pretty high. Bob was pretty high on Khalil Hotton. Yeah, yeah. So that him. was good to hear because uh, you know nobody's dethroning Stephen Parker and Ahmad Thomas back there, but from time to time it'd be nice to just give them a series off or a couple of plays off for a rest. So I think they would like to play more bodies in the secondary. But sometimes that's a tough thing to do because if you're going to tell Jordan Thomas, you stay next to me. If, I, if I'm Kerry Cooks, right? Right. Jordan Thomas, you stay next to me for this drive. Oh, it's a tie game. You know, I mean, that's gutsy. <laughs> right, it is. You're, put, you're, you're putting your next best guy out there, and, and we'll see whether they really do that or not. The, the other thing that I think we learned today, and not to get too carried away in, in just overanalyzing a press conference, and this shouldn't be shocking to anybody, but there is a lot of respect for Houston and what they do. And uh, I, and I don't know what the relationship is like between Tom Herman and Bob Stoops, and I don't know if you guys will get into it uh, later on tonight at the Bob Stoops Coaches Show. But still, it there is there's no overlooking this opponent <laughs> to start no. the season at all. None. No. I mean, they're good. good it's probably team. a good thing for Oklahoma that they beat Florida State like they did. Because if you didn't have respect for Houston, all you got to do is put that game film on. And we all know what Florida State is. Yeah. And they thumped them. I mean, that that wasn't close. And uh, so I think it's got their attention. Well, I know it's got their attention. Absolutely. And anybody who thinks that, that they've got Ohio State on their minds right now is fooling themselves. It will be very interesting to see what the crowd is down in Houston. Um, it's an NFL stadium. Yep. I've been told, you know, our buddy David Bassity is the media relations guy down there now at Houston. And he says it's going to be sold out. They're going to announce that uh, early this week sometime. That's great. So 71,000 plus is what it seats. But what's the breakdown? You know, how many of those are Houston fans? There is a huge contingent of OU fans in the city of Houston and in the state of Texas for that matter. So, I mean, I think it'll be pretty close to 50-50. Uh, it, it will maybe feel like a road game because you had to get on an airplane to go down there. But and it, being in the city of Houston, I think it's going to be pretty neutral. You know, I mean, I, there's going to be a ton of OU fans there. Quick break to remind you that this edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you by Riverwind Resort and Allstate. The Riverwind Resort, OKC's most rewarding resort, Riverwind Resort, the place to be. And Allstate, a proud sponsor of Oklahoma football. It's good to be in good hands. During the 2016 college football season, Allstate will feature its good hands net behind the goalposts at every Sooner home game to demonstrate support for the University of Oklahoma. Allstate will make a contribution for every field goal and extra point made by the Sooner kickers to the university's general scholarship fund. Allstate, it's good to be in good hands. I asked, I had. I was talking to Jessica Cootie about this, and I said, is it somewhat arrogant of me to think that Sooner fans could actually outnumber Houston fans? I know it's going to be a bit of a challenge, but 
I think there's going to be an incredible contingent. I think you're onto something. Yeah, I wouldn't. Well, I don't think it'd be shocking. It, the problem is the both teams are red, so <laughs> the only way we have to judge is on noise. Right. It would be great if if one of the teams was blue, then we could actually uh, figure out a way. But it'll be close. I mean, it'll be, you know, Sooner fans travel amazingly well. We saw that in Knoxville again last year, and it's easy to get to Houston if you're if you're in Norman, but. Uh, all the fans in Dallas and Houston and Austin and all over Texas, I think they're going to pour out for this game. That being said, they are jacked out of their minds in Houston oh, absolutely. about Oklahoma coming to town yeah, and uh, and about this football team and about keeping Tom Herman and about Greg Ward Jr. So this is, this is going to be a great battle. So for you, what was that moment like when you opened up the laptop last night and you started putting data <laughs> into the spotter boards? I've been bugging. Mike Houck and David Bassetti for uh, uh, for two deeps for a few days now because I've been I just you know itching ready to, do to something. go. I, I want to do something. You can't really do anything until you have the rosters and you have the uh, two deeps. So that I finally was able to uh, squeeze the two deeps out of them and uh, got to start putting in information and uh, it's fun. There's a it's part fun. of me that like hasn't really accepted this as game week. It's it, time to accept it, 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 it my it, friend. It, it's almost like uh, it's it's still a couple mm-hmm. days away. But then in that same vein, Toby, it's, we've waited so long, it seems, since the end of the season. And right. then, of course, the, the summer, which I think we, we both enjoy. But yet it's almost like I'm, I need to be pinched. Like, oh, come on, I'm dreaming right now. We're not really <laughs> in game week, are we? So may, maybe when we finally get down there to Houston, it'll hit me. But the one thing that I, I think to wrap this up today that we've noticed, there is a much different urgency around and, and not to say there was any less in years past there just seems to be a different vibe this year when you open with a top 10 top 15 team and then you have a top 10 team coming to your stadium in what three weeks I, I know Bob I know coach Stoops has talked about it a little bit Toby but there's just a little bit of a different vibe with things this year don't you think to start it off yeah I, I do think you're right about that um, you know, they lose the game, and then we'll come back and analyze next week what, what was wrong with the preparation leading up. But right. I do agree with you that it it seems like that because it's Houston, I think partly it's Baker Mayfield. I think that it's impossible to have an energy lull when he is the leader of your football team. I think part of it is is a lot of young guys and new faces that are going to either be they'll be playing. They may not be in the starting lineup. Some of them are, but a lot of them are backups. But there's a lot of new faces, and when you got new kids, you know, there's uh, energy naturally comes. There's no complacency there because they're just excited to put on that uniform. But and a big part of it's the fact that the opening opponents, Houston, Ohio State's week three, TCU's after that. Everybody knows that this opening gauntlet is as tough as anybody's any schedule in the country. And so they're on edge. I mean, they're they're. Uh, it does feel like kind of mid-season on edge around here right now because not only is it football time, but it's big time football time. Let, let me add one more. I said we'll wrap up. This will probably happen a bazillion no times rules on, on this the podcast. podcast. We can right, go as exactly. long as we want. When I look and I'm like, oh, we hit 15 minutes. I'm like, wait, hold on. I I got one more thing to throw in here though. Does anything change? I mean, and maybe I'm looking at you did a game. Am I allowed to ask you questions in this sure, podcast? By the way, it's, it's your world, man. I just. Uh, I just follow along. All right, let me flip the script here in a little bit. Okay, um, then meet me first. You called a game in a, in a pro stadium. Uh, I guess we both did technically with Miami, yeah. but uh, you were on the sidelines for Cincinnati uh-huh. whenever you guys went up there uh, to Dallas play. Dallas a few times. Dallas a few times. Does anything? I mean, it, 
does it really feel like to you it changes anything whenever it's in a pro stadium at all? I don't think so. I, not for not for OU. Okay. Because you know they play in such big games uh, anyway that I guess if there's anything that's different, sometimes the locker rooms and the uh, spaciousness of kind of behind the scenes is a little bit different. But I mean, you walk out into at Owen Field or Knoxville or Notre Dame or Ohio State or even the Cotton Bowl, OU Texas Cotton Bowl. It's a big old stadium, you know. <laughs> yeah. So when you're in a when you're in a pro stadium, um, I don't know that there's much different. I will say that specifically about this stadium, and you and I have talked about this. Notoriously, NRG Stadium used to be Reliant Stadium had the worst field in the NFL. Yep. The worst turf in the NFL. They've tried to do this grow grass thing with a retractable roof, and it just never has been very good at all. And they have changed now. They've gone to an artificial surface this year, which I, th- I think is good for a bunch of reasons. Ted Lehman said he'd never been on a field before where you were running and you could actually, like, hear your feet hitting, like if they were right. hitting concrete while he was running. So that new artificial turf, I think, is a big deal for them. And then, you know, I kind of think it's cool, you know, to, to, to play in an NFL oh, stadium. Oh, yeah, it's definitely cool, yeah. I think it's one, one of the – now, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm real excited to get back here next week. And we'll spend a lot of time talking about the stadium, uh, maybe a little bit on Thursday's podcast, but, of course, on, on game day as well, too. Man, I dig it. I dig the vibe that it has. Uh, I'm with you. It's just different, like, but different than basketball. Like, it, like, we walked into NRG Stadium to, for the Final Four, and you look around and you're like, we're playing basketball Holy here. Holy cow, <laughs> this place is uh, enormous. When you walk in there for a football game, it's cool because it's an NFL stadium, but there's going to be fewer people at NRG Stadium, then there will be at Owen Field the next week. That's true. By like 15,000, yeah. you know? So they're used to playing in, in pretty large venues. <sighs> I, I'm, a, You know, one other thing I wanted to point out. Go um, for it. I, I think that something that has been a little bit overlooked and could really be valuable for this OU team early in the year is uh, Kyler Murray. Because Great takeaway from today's presser, yeah. Him running scout team, and I suppose people know Kyler was at Texas A&M, Extremely athletic young man. Uh, to try to replicate Greg Ward Jr. and then later JT Barrett and then in game four, Kenny Hill, three of the first four quarterbacks they're going to face are off the charts athletic. Yep. And they've got a guy in practice who can give them a great look at that. Um, I think that could pay huge dividends for him. We leave anything out? Are you ready for – you got your sideline equipment all ready? Ready to go. I'm going to go break my shoes in. I've never done that before because I've never, like, been gonna in like decent – going to, like, take a walk? I've never been in, like, decent shape heading into the season. Usually I'm about 15 pounds overweight. Now I'm kind of – you know, I, I feel like I've – now this will be the year whenever I get you rolled great, up. by the way. Or I get gassed or something. Right. <laughs> People haven't seen Chris Plank lately. <laughs> when he goes out to the coin flip Saturday, if he turns sideways, he'll disappear. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a challenge, Toby. Cutting out the sugars no. is not an easy thing. Oh, trust me. Uh, I know. But you know what? It, uh, I'm like a – here's confessional time then, if they're still with us in this. I am still like a little kid whenever we get our gear. Yeah, uh, it's Christmas. I'll, I'll leave the shoes in the box as long as I can. And mm-hmm. I usually won't put them on until game day, which I usually pay a price for in the opening game. But uh, it's worth it because those shoes have never been right. – they've never been like – Tainted with the with the anything other than a football surface. So I still, we got all of our gear on Saturday. I still haven't opened it up. 
I still haven't taken my shirts out of the wrappers, and it's just one of those things where they're sitting there, and I don't know when I will. Just make sure you wear the right color shirt. Oh, gosh. This year. Do people know that story? We got to wear the opposite color of the coaches. Was it West Virginia two West years Virginia ago? West Virginia two years ago. I was pretty sure we were all fired. I the was ready to cry. Referee uh, thought you guys were a part of the coaching staff. And I look out of the box. I look down. I'll never forget this moment as long as I live. I look down, and you had said, "What's going on down there?" And I said, "Well, <laughs> well, coach uh, Toby, coach is looking down, and he's very upset. It it seems to be something with the camera guy." <laughs> Or something of that nature, and as soon as I as soon as I did it, Greg Tipton was right there. And he goes, "It's you guys. <laughs> Get Dusty and Teddy you over the here." Same shirts, and as we the always coaches. had. We always right. had. And I, I, this has never been a problem with me. But at the time with Dusty and Teddy, yeah. they had the big headphones. You know, we had the, the noise canceling headphones, and Michael Dean looked loved like so much. They look like coaches, right. and they're down there. And Dana Holgerson was losing his mind on the far side. <laughs> Ted, Ted came over and was like, oh, I want to change shirts right now. He's like, give me another shirt. It, it, we're like looking for white shirts to put everyone uh, in to go opposite. We did put you guys in hunting vests. Oh, my. <laughs> Ted was like, I'm wearing jeans. I'm wearing jeans on the sideline. So they won't think. But uh, I think earbuds will help us out a little bit this year. And, and we had gone – that was also uh, – we had gone at halftime because an official got rolled up. That's right. Uh, yeah. So I had gone over at halftime to check on him, and someone with the Big 12, still thinking – Bob Bowlesby, by the way – still thinking I was a coach, walked by and goes, you can't be talking to the officials, and yeah. walked off. I was like, now I'm double fired. You know? <laughs> now, 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 first of all, we got in trouble, and, yeah. and I was just going over to check on that. And, and the referee yeah. was so it's, – it's the same referee that does a lot of games. He stopped by, and he, and he goes, hey, he's, he's not good. He's probably not going to come back. He goes – I'm like, hey, and I'm sorry – about earlier, he goes, uh, I'm sure they'll have a, a thing on. No big deal. You guys, and, and yeah. he jogged back in. So the referee was great with it. And I thought, hey, look at me. I got a good little sideline report. <laughs> and then there's the commissioner. He's like, you know, you know, you can't be talking. I'm like, ah, I want to take the headsets off and right. put on a t shirt or something of that nature. But yeah, we got a 9 a.m. Saturday pregame show. Can I do a radio plug? Let's do it. Uh, NRG Stadium, uh, tune in. Tune in, radio. tune in radio app. If people don't know, you can hear all the br- radio broadcasts free this year anywhere you, in the world. You need to uh, also point out, because I, I didn't realize it until I saw it on your Twitter feed. Um, but there's a lot of people that still – I don't want to say they don't, don't get it, but it's a the channel is a work in progress. Yeah, they're developing the page they, right now. The the TuneIn page is in development. So if you go to TuneIn right now and you don't see it, it's coming. By, by, by the time it's game day on Saturday, the OU page or whatever they call it will be right. up and, and ready, and then it will be up permanently from that point on. So uh, – don't worry, it's on its way. Yeah, and and I look the, the pages are going to look awesome. Like I looked at the Wisconsin page, it's phenomenal. They'll be I I think we'll even get to the point to where this podcast will be on TuneIn and you know, we'll do some live all shows. Free. All free. Absolutely, which is a big deal. All right, man. I think that's a How'd that go? Solid debut. Is that a podcast? Is what I we just did good. a podcast? There's uh there's no bounds. So I mean, we could go another hour if no, you like. No, I don't want to go another hour. I'm just making <laughs> yeah, sure that we fulfilled. Hey, uh, the and, podcast. And, and uh, for those, since this will drop on Tuesday morning, you got a busy day. You're debuting a new show tonight. That's right. Well, we're going to do spotlight today. Oh my gosh! I you and about I are going to tape spotlight on Tuesday. You got three TV shows you tape on Tuesday, and then I'm going to uh, I'm going to run out to practice for a little bit. If you want to go with I'll me, I'll be going to practice with and, you, and uh, see if we can make sure that we got the right numbers with the right guys. <laughs> And then uh, at Rudy's on Tuesday night, we got two shows this year. Six o'clock will be the Huddle with Ryan Broyles and Ty Darlington. Seven o'clock, of course, will be the Bob Stoops show. So uh, come on out, Sooner fans. Get you some great barbecue. We got upstage. If you haven't been there before, 
There's a stage and a big wide open eating area, and you can listen to the show. You can fill out, ask questions, and watch all the behind-the-scenes stuff, and it's a good time. It'll be every Tuesday, 6 o'clock the huddle, 7 o'clock the Bob Stoops show. Have fun tonight, man. All right, bud. I will see you guys. Uh, Before we wrap up, I want to remind you that this edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you in part by the Riverwind Resort. The Riverwind Resort, OKC's most rewarding resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.